0: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is George Scott, Editor-in-Chief of Bike Radar, and today I'm once again joined by Simon Bromley, Senior Technical Writer for BikeRadar.com. Simon, great to have you on the podcast and welcome back. Hey George, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, thank you. Thank um, you we're kind of episode four into our series now on indoor training um and we're going to wrap up the series today by talking about how to get how to stay motivated through winter um yeah i think a lot of the things that we're going to talk about will apply to riding generally but we're going to look at it specifically in regard to indoor training um and if you're listening today and, and are kind of tuning in for the first time in this series uh, this is part four. As I say, in episode one, we talked through some of our setup tips and how to get the most out of a smart trainer. In episode two, it was Simon me again talking about uh, specifically how to choose the best smart trainer for your needs. Uh, a very comprehensive buyer's guide in terms of what to look for at certain budgets and and the kind of key features you need and you don't need. And on episode three, I spoke to Matt Cassin, who's a senior physiologist for Wahoo Fitness, the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, for a really interesting coaching Q&A, covering a whole wide range of topics including training zones, intensity, recovery, bike fit, nutrition, plenty more. Um, but as I say, I'm here with Simon today to talk about motivation through winter. I think it's a key topic for for any rider. Inevitably staying motivated through winter is difficult uh, with, with kind of bad weather, depending on where you live. Um, but indoor training is something that has helped there over recent years in terms of smart trainers being more interesting more interactive and indoor training apps um, coming off the back of that there's a whole bunch of apps now that you can use to keep your training more interesting than ever so I think just to kind of kick us off Simon we're kind of fairly early in winter or or kind of still in autumn to be honest Um, it's mid-November here uh, as we're recording but how's your kind of winter training going so far?
1: Yeah, really well. I I find, you know, like I had a very long break from kind of racing this year because my racing season uh, ended in sometime in June (laughs) because my child hit a sleep progression period and and that will just stop training. So I'm kind of really motivated to to go for it. But, um, you know, normally I would have maybe stopped racing, you know, if I'd done a few hill climbs like Jack and Felix, for example, you might've just stopped racing. You might be having like a break, which we definitely would recommend. Um, but yeah, it's all going so, so far so well. Like I'm, I'm easing myself into it. That that's one of my key things is to think ahead. You know, it's, it's, it's a a long time until next season. And you know, there's, there's plenty of time to do super hard training. So I'm just trying to ease myself into it really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, um, yeah, that point you made there around, uh, you know, having a break from the previous season, you know, perhaps from your side, it's enforced. But I think, you know, I, I personally think that's really important, whether you're a pro uh, all the way through to someone who's kind of just dabbling in racing or or just kind of someone who rides a lot generally, you know, kind of giving yourself a bit of a chance to have a rest, have a holiday, reset, whatever you need to do um, is really key if you are quite motivated going into winter and, and kind of potentially wanting to train quite hard. Um and we'll we we'll kind of come on to that as well in terms of you know I think one of the key points around winter training is just to not to take it too seriously um you don't have to be riding hard from november through to april and then start racing uh it's a long year uh, and I think it's definitely key to remember that so um some of the kind of points that we're going to talk around today um in terms of staying motivated through winter we're going to look at setup briefly again because it's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast so far um but just how important it is to have the right setup to stay motivated We're going to talk through some of the training apps that are available in the market um, and potentially why they can help you stay motivated through winter. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about goal setting. Simon revealed one of his goals for 2022 in a previous podcast. So we'll we'll kind of recap there and um, also the importance of um, a training plan for some riders just to keep you on track and have some kind of consistency and accountability um and we'll also kind of touch on uh uh riding with friends even online listening to music how important that is and that last point as I mentioned just not taking it too seriously um neither of us here are certainly not well-taught pro athletes we, we might kind of dabble in racing every now and again but at the end of the day bike riding is supposed to be fun and it's important to remember that so I think so just to kind of kick us off um you know let's talk a little bit about setup as I said we've spoken uh, a fair bit about smart trainers and how to kind of get the perfect setup at home um, on episodes one and two of this series. But, you know, I think just like riding outdoors uh, where, you know, having a winter bike uh, or a bike with mud guards, if it's somewhere somewhere that's kind of fairly wet like it is here uh, here in the UK um, or a good waterproof jacket, you know, that's really important if you do want to ride outdoors a lot in winter to um, just kind of have the right kit so that the weather's not something that kind of immediately stops you getting out the door if it's kind of raining but you know how important is it you know also to kind of have your setup dialed when it comes to riding indoors? I think
1: obviously you know you can definitely make do with a very basic indoor bike and if anyone's seen the kind of Graham Mowbray documentaries you might remember him training on a kind of an indoor bike that looked like it had been pulled out of the 1940s or something and he was training for hour record. So it's really, you know, it's possible to do it on a basic setup, but it's like anything, having a nicer indoor training setup is always going to make your indoor training sessions like a little bit easier, a little bit more pleasurable, a little bit more fun. So, you know, obviously if you're on a really tight budget, you can just use whatever you've got, but if you can, spend enough money to get yourself a smart trainer. And those generally start around kind of 250 pounds, sometimes less if they're on sale, but you know, that's kind of rarer these days. But if your budget can stretch to something like that, then you can enter the world of kind of interactive indoor training apps, which we'll, you know, we'll, t- we'll talk more about your options there later. But I think for me, there's a big step up there and it is so much more immersive so much more fun and as as you said like you know bike riding is supposed to be fun and indoor training has often been seen as a bit of a chore so anything you can do to make it more fun is generally going to help
0: mm, i think it you know it depends as well what what type of rider you are you know there are some people who um will happily ride uh, any bike on an old school turbo trainer uh you know staring at a wall in the garage doing really hard intervals because they are extremely motivated to. Uh, complete those intervals and and work towards whatever goals in place for next year uh, or or for the winter. Um, And if that's you, then that's, that's, that's fine. And, you know, as Simon said, I think, you know, you can absolutely have a a very kind of uh, affordable or or kind of budget focused setup um, and have a great winter indoors on the turbo trainer. You know, I think equally, if you know that you're someone who um, perhaps struggles with motivation, but you are, uh, very keen to make this a good winter, and you think that indoor training is going to be important to you. I think just a few kind of, um, you're certainly investing in a, in a in a kind of affordable smart train is is definitely a, a kind of key decision to make and something we'd recommend. But there's also just a few kind of choice accessories and kind of essentials that will just make that experience more kind of pleasurable for you. So, um, as I said, we did kind of talk about these in episode one, but just to recap, Simon, uh, you know what other things you'd absolutely recommend to help someone stay motivated through winter and ultimately just make indoor training a slightly more pleasurable experience? So obviously if you're going to get a smart trainer you're also going to need some kind of uh, smart
1: device to connect it to whether that be a kind of you know if you've got a tablet or a, a laptop computer or a desktop computer to run you know one of the apps on then you'll need that like ideally I think most of these training apps are especially the ones which kind of have a virtual world such as Swift or RGT cycling or Ruby, you know those are best played on a big screen. So if you can get a kind of cheap HDMI adapter lead to connect your smart device up to a big screen, that can make the experience much more immersive. I'd say the one thing you really 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 have to have is a fan because if you know if you if you've not done indoor training before you, you don't kind of realize how much the kind of just riding through the wind keeps you cool in, when you're riding outside. and if you're doing any kind of hard training inside, you're going to want a fan. So, you know, you don't have to spend loads, 20 pounds on Amazon or whatever will, will buy you a decent fan. And then I think the only other, the only other kind of other thing I would recommend is something like a riser block for the front wheel. You know, you, you could use a, a yellow pages if those still exist or, <laughs> but, um, you know, you could get an, a riser block for 10 or 15 pounds. And those just essentially, they raise the front wheel a little bit, either to level out the bike or lift the front wheels, you know, angle the bike up slightly, which just takes the pressure off your hands and stops you kind of f- sliding forward on the saddle. So, yeah, a, couple, a, few exen- a few essential accessories, but, you you know, you don't need to go
0: crazy. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm someone who, um, depending on what way you look at it, was either uh, disorganized or unorganized last winter or, or tight and didn't have a riser block to begin with, and so used just like a fairly kind of um, dense... Uh, I don't know, like textbook or kind of reference book that I had knocking about um, to kind of lift the front wheel up. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, because at times you're kind of riding hard out of the saddle, maybe sprinting, um, and it's not designed, obviously, to have a, a, a bike wheel on it. The uh, The wheel would just kind of slowly edge towards the edge of the book um, to the point where it's about to fall off. And obviously, if you're kind of harping for a session, that's not something you want to be happening. Um, so yeah, a riser block. Won't cost much, maybe even just a, a tenner on 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 Wiggle or or Amazon or, um, whatever cycling retailer you prefer to use. Um, but definitely a, a kind of smart investment to uh, actually get a product that's designed for the job. I can talk from personal experience. Um, so you know, just briefly on on setup, something that I I talked to uh, Mac from uh, Wahoo about in the last episode was just not to neglect kind of nutrition or hydration, um, when it comes to indoor training. It's very sweaty work. Make sure you've got um, a bottle of water or, or kind of an, an electrolyte mix to hand before you start. Um, but also I think you know, perhaps one that's uh, less obvious is that if you are training after work, after a long day out uh, on the job, in the office, um, think about nutrition as well because you know, then coming home or finishing work, jumping on the turbo, diving into an hour-long session, which invariably is going to be quite hard. Uh, if you haven't eaten since midday or one o'clock and lunchtime, Um, that kind of hunger knock is going to come knocking fairly quickly. So definitely two kind of key points to uh, uh, recap on there.
1: Yeah, I I think, think just sorry, George, just just to say like that was, I thought there's a really good point uh, that Mac made in the podcast that you did with him uh, about kind of if you're doing hard intervals or you want to do hard intervals, those have to be fueled by carbohydrates. So in order to maximize the quality of your training, you do need to have carbohydrate available in your system. So, it's it's it, it you know a lot of people i know kind of maybe going into this winter maybe trying to like manage their kind of manage their weight and and if you're doing that because you know you want to lose a little bit of weight and gain and maybe ride a bit faster obviously as long as you're doing that safely that's great but you do need to fuel your training sessions properly in order to get the most out of them
0: absolutely uh and just the final point here it's something i spoke about in the first episode was for me you know a really key point when it comes to motivation and and indoor training setup is having something that's kind of easy to jump on and ready to go um as opposed to kind of having the the having to kind of unpack the turbo trainer for every ride or kind of get every kind of piece of equipment together for every ride and i think you know ultimately it depends on uh where you live and what space you have available but you know for me that's definitely a, a key point it's just trying to get everything in place um so it's there, kind of ready and waiting, and, and ultimately for me, I don't have any excuses. But you know, it probably says more about my attitude to training than, than anything else. So uh, that's kind of set up, covered in terms of motivation. I think um, a, a small investment is key to make sure you have the right um, the right things you need. Uh, a budget smart trainer, uh, if you have the money available, um, a fan, a riser block, and a smart device, of course, to use an app on. So. You know, on that point, I think let's talk a little bit more about training apps because you know that is an area of cycling and, and indoor training in particular that has um, developed at a pace over the last few years, um, in particular. So you know there are five uh, main options or five options that we're going to talk about briefly here, and that's Zwift, Wahoo System, Trainer Road, RGT Cycling, and Ruvy. Uh, there are other apps available, but I think those are the five kind of key ones to. Um, to talk about here, so you know, Simon, from your point of view, um, actually, I suppose to start off with, uh, with the indoor training that you that you're doing now and you've been doing over the last couple of seasons, you know, are you kind of predominantly using an app to um, cover up those sessions? I mean, how how often or how kind of rare is it now for you just to jump on the turbo and slug it out with kind of nothing to kind of keep you going?
1: Oh, I can't remember the last time I did that, to be honest. Yeah, I think I've, I've been using um, mainly Swift for the last couple of years now and, and I haven't looked back really I found I just I just find I find it so much more engaging now that's not to say that I couldn't switch over to a, a different app I'm sure they would offer you know a, a, they'd obviously would offer a different package and I'm sure those would be just as engaging but if, up, up until recently I've mainly been using Zwift and um, yeah I can't imagine going back to just putting intervals on my um, my bike computer and slogging it out in front of a <laughs> well in front of a wall or you know yeah in front of a video of a, a, a pro race or something that seems quite archaic to me now
0: <laughs> mm. and yeah you know i think you know to talk a bit more about some of the benefits of using an app i mean clearly there's um there is potentially a, a kind of a cost implication most most of them charge in some capacity um but you know if you are using a, a smart trainer you know first you can sign up to a um a, a training plan which um if you are motivated to train is great we'll come on to this but it gives you uh, accountability Uh, it gives you consistency it takes a lot of the thinking out of setting specific sessions for whatever your goal is Um, it will use your uh, your training zones based of a fitness test to almost do the hard work for you in terms of the thinking you still have to go and complete the session Um, also if you are using a smart trainer the trainer will um, be able to automatically adjust the resistance so that you're hitting the numbers for every session which you know in terms of actually kind of reaping the physiological benefits of training is really key um, but I think also each app varies in terms of uh, the approach it takes to training plans and um, whether it offers uh, kind of videos to work out alongside or a virtual world to, to ride in so uh, you know as a, a kind of brief introduction to each app I think let's firstly take a look at Zwift uh, perhaps the best known um, app out there, certainly the one that's had the most, uh, you know, kind of coverage over the past couple of years. So, uh, Simon, for you, what are the kind of key features for someone to look out for when kind of considering Zwift as a, a training app option? So, I think Zwift focuses
1: on its kind of immersive virtual world, and it, it's not necessarily overly focused on realism. It's more kind of gamified than most of the apps, and so that works really kind of well, if you, you know, if you want to get kind of XP points to unlock new bikes and new kit and to do, you know, get a kind of a badge for doing certain routes and rewards. And, you know, especially now, if you, if you like to do group rides and racing and then be sociable, then that's kind of what Swift is built around. Now for me, like I find riding with other people to be very motivating and, and, and it's something that I, I would really struggle to do a two hour endurance ride on the turbo by myself but if i join say you know a two-hour endurance ride with a group on swift because there's that motivation of just i don't want to get dropped you i find it much easier to just stay with the group um and so that social aspect has been really really important for me um in contrast to some of the other apps, like say Wahoo system or Trainer Road, uh, like I think Zwift focuses less on kind of customizable training plans. They do, Zwift does have training plans and it, and it has lots of, you know, group workouts and things like that, but they're not as, it's not as in-depth a feature as you would find on other apps. So if you are, you know, if you're just the kind of person who's a bit more Spartan and just wants to, as you say, do the kind of, do the intervals, get the job done and you know you're you're kind of focused on your maybe your outdoor goals and the indoor training as a means to an end then maybe Zwift isn't the kind of thing for you but like I said if you if you want a kind of really immersive indoor cycling experience that has group riding and racing in, and it's kind of it's more of its own thing it's not necessarily always the goal of Zwift isn't always to kind of improve your outdoor cycling it's kind of more focused on its own thing then that's what it's for really
0: mm, yeah and, and yeah it's a good point as well around the kind of the interactive and the social element and we'll kind of come on to that a bit later in terms of just how motivated how, how motivating that can be you know you don't need to be riding with someone outside um on a road or you know at a trail center or, or in in the woods to you know to kind of reap the potential benefit of, of kind of buddying up um good so you know that's kind of uh zwift covered on a on a kind of very kind of top line level what i would say is that we've we've got an excellent guide to zwift on bike radar that covers all the the features and um, benefits and potential pitfalls to look out for Um, so do have a look at that if you're more interested in Zwift so I think to move on let's talk a bit more about Wahoo System which is an interesting one in terms of um, Wahoo is a company that has typically focused on hardware in the past whether that's um, with its bike computers the the Element Bolt and the Element Roam uh, in recent years, more so um, smart trainers and smart bike through the the kind of kicker range of products. Um, but this year has moved into software specifically by launching Wahoo System, which combines the Sufferfest, which it previously owned um, as of a couple of years ago, I think, with a few new features um, and ultimately kind of um, housing it under the wahoo brand so i know this is something you're going to take a bit of a closer look at over the winter simon and and haven't necessarily had had kind of too much kind of hands-on experience at this stage but i think the the sufferfest is a product that's been around for a while and it still kind of ultimately exists within wahoo system so you know what are the key differences there between the sufferfest and something like zwift
1: so the sufferfest and obviously now as it's called wahoo system kind of focused on uh, interval sessions set to kind of, uh, videos of pro racing. So if you were really into world tour professional bike racing, it was a kind of, it put you in the bike race and, and the interval sessions were based around the kind of attacks and the ebbs and the flows of a professional bike race. So you have know, a lot of you know, back in the kind of analog days of indoor training, a lot of people would have done interval sessions whilst watching pro videos. And this was a kind of like a step up from that, making it more immersive, you know, kind of more synced to the race so that, you know, your intervals matched what you were seeing and hopefully that gave you the motivation. I think now that it's been wrapped into system, it's kind of taking a more holistic approach where you can get more kind of customizable long-term training plans with, uh, activity to do sort of indoors as well as outdoors and off the bike as well. So if that's something you're interested in, because you know maybe you you like to do a little bit of gym work because it's good for you like for your general health then that sort of stuff is all wrapped up into uh wahoo system it also they're i think they're kind of like making a slightly bigger deal about the the new content they've got available so if you're into kind of like classic cycling films or you know you want to watch documentaries about epic gravel races and things like that then then they're doing lots of those things too so it's a kind of it's not a virtual world cycling app it's more of a kind of interval training holistic approach to you know kind of more of a lifestyle cycling app i would say
0: Mm, and i think one of the really interesting things potentially about system that you spoke about there was um how i believe it's designed to um combine the training that you're doing inside through the workouts that it prescribes with what you're doing Outside, um, whether that's on the bike or, as you say, kind of off off the bike with um, gym work or core stability work, um, and I think you know, you know, if you are someone who is very motivated by training uh, and you do ride outdoors a lot, which most most people will continue to do, um, having an app or a coach that's taking both of those factors into account, I think is really important because. Um, you know, whilst you're, if you're kind of following an indoor training plan, um, that's great if it's focused on uh, indoor training and that's ultimately, you know, most of the riding you're going to be doing. But if you're following all of that training plan and then going out and riding for four hours at the weekend really hard, then, um, you know, clearly you need to kind of be factoring factoring in both, um, both aspects, both when it comes to the potential benefits and, and kind of training adaptations, but also recovery and, and potentially kind of not over training as well um so let's move on now to trainer road and i think you know of of the three we've mentioned so far swift wahoo system and trainer road they're probably the 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 kind of best well known um on the market at the moment but um simon can you kind of talk us through what trainer road is so trainer road is probably the most kind of paired back of
1: all of the indoor training apps and you know you can look at that in two ways it's kind of like it's just interval training and training plans based around that. But if you just want to follow, you know, you just want to do really simple workouts. that are very, very easy to follow. It's kind of based around, you know, good, good science and stuff like that. Then it's a really great way to get fit. And it's what a lot of, I would say a lot of kind of dedicated outdoor races would have used for a long time in the sense that there's no kind of like there's no group rides there's no virtual worlds there's not really any free riding it's 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 very very focused on doing uh interval training to get you stronger and get you fitter for doing outside races
0: yeah um and yeah as as you say you know it is it is paired back and we we have a guide to the best indoor cycling apps on bike radar and i'll make sure that we put a link to that piece um in the description for this podcast, but uh, how we describe it there is laser focus on interval training and, and training plans, which you know absolutely kind of sums up what trainer TrainerRoads about. Uh, if you are very focused by um, training and you don't ultimately need everything else that potentially comes with an app, then TrainerRoad might be might be a good option. Um, I think that's just going kind to of briefly talk about um, RGT Cycling and Ruby because they're two kind of of the newer um entrance i think over the past couple of years um and like swift they are kind of based around uh kind of interactivity and having kind of uh virtual roads to follow or sometimes kind of real world roads uh on a on a kind of video um so firstly with rgt cycling simon can you kind of talk us through what that is and um why potentially someone should be looking at it So RGT cycling,
1: which stands for uh, road grand tours cycling is a kind of, it's more of a Zwift competitor. So, but it has a kind of more, whereas Zwift is a very kind of non-realistic kind of gamified virtual world, the RGT cycling world is more, it, it has a more realistic slant and rather than having kind of, you know, made up worlds that Zwift does. RGT Cycling's courses are based off real-world locations and uh, it has like Mont Ventoux in France, Passo dello Stelvio, the Paterberg in Belgium, those sorts of things. So if you kind of, you know, if you're a big cycling fan and, you you know, maybe you you follow the Tour de France and the Giro d'Italia and you kind of like the idea of simulating those kind of real world places inside then it could be a good option for that i think one of the big selling points for rgt cycling is that they have a kind of free to use tier so if you're just getting started out or you're on a very limited budget then you know that that's a really good way to kind of try it out get into it and just you know see how you get on I, i would suppose the you know where rgt cycling falls down i suppose compared to swift is i they're just it doesn't have the same big user base so if you're kind of wanting that constant uh availability of big group rides and always something to do then it's not at that same level as swift yet but it does offer a compelling alternative you know simply because it's free and it's a you know it's quite a polished package for what you get
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that you know that, that point around the the fact that ultimately the kind of bake the basic tier doesn't cost anything, you know, that's um yes yeah, important to remember, you know, we are kind of overwhelmed with subscriptions these days, both kind of in cycling and, and outside of cycling. And um, you know, whilst individually, um some of them don't cost a huge amount compared to some of the investment you can make in bike products. Um, of course, it adds up over 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 months and years alongside everything else that we're being asked to stump up for. So um, definitely worth checking out there if you are looking for um, a free or, or an affordable option. Um, I think also one of, the, one of the interesting features around RGT Cycling is the ability to upload your own GPX file and then the app can create a course um, for you to ride in-game off the back of that and, and your smart trainer will then adjust the resistance according to that course, which you know, if you're someone who is, is training for a specific climb or a specific event, you know, whilst I would always say that the indoor version is never the same as the outdoor version, even if you kind of want it to be or, or the kind of smart trainers trying to replicate it, it is useful to try and kind of get a gauge of the difficulty and, and perhaps where you need to be focusing your your training. Um, although that is a premium feature, so that is one you would have to pay for. Uh, and then finally, uh, when it comes to the uh kind of key indoor training apps there's Ruby, which takes a slightly different approach Simon doesn't it in that it it kind of uses augmented reality um to provide the interaction
1: yeah that's right so Ruby uses kind of uh videos shot on real life locations also they have most of the the big kind of Tour de France Giro d'Italia climbs that sort of thing and it uses as you say augmented reality to put your avatar in those videos um, and then one you know, like you can it, it, as you say, it, it then gives you that ability to simulate all of these famous real world climbs indoors. Now, reading the kind of comments from a few people, I've noticed that some people find it because it's simulating these real world climbs, some people find the trainer difficulty settings quite tough on Ruby. so that's something to consider that if you're simulating a very hard climb, indoors and you're simulating it accurately as ruby does then you need to gear <laughs> as if you were riding it in the real world and i think that that often catches a few people out but yeah that the ruby's main selling point is it has these augmented reality videos of kind of big famous climbs so again if you if you really liked the idea of training for a you know a, a tap the tour sportif or something and you want to like kind of get that the video of that climb so you know what to expect come next summer then that could be a good option
0: Mm -hmm. Or if you're someone who's motivated to ride the Stelvio at maximum difficulty five times a week. Yeah.
1: In your, in your spare room or whatever. Yeah. You want (laughs) to replicate how tough it is to ride the hardest climbs in Europe.
0: Well, there we go. That's, that's a a kind of overview of the, the five kind of key apps as we see them, Zwift, Wahoo System, TrainerRoad, RGT Cycling and Ruby, each of which, uh, you know, have, have its, has its own benefits and features and, and, um elements that will appeal to different riders depending on on what you're what you're after so most of them um if not all of them i think offer a free trial of sorts so you know if you are kind of just dipping your toe into the world of indoor training or perhaps um are already using an app but are interested to see what's out there definitely recommend utilizing those free trials because um there are multiple options you don't need to settle on one um and i think you know the key the key point there is that you know ultimately from our experience using a training app uh is probably the best way to keep yourself motivated through winter um so let's move on i think to to goal setting and you know this this applies whether you are someone who isn't going to use the turbo trainer at all through winter um or perhaps on the flip side if you're someone that is almost exclusively going to ride indoors uh, you know i think either way it's really important to to have a goal and this is something you've spoken about previously simon in terms of you working towards um time trials and i think it was a, a sub 19 minute time trial uh, around our local course next year um but uh, yeah i think this was also something that that Mac from matt Cassin from wahoo I spoke about when i uh, interviewed him for the previous episode having a goal is really important but i think um in a sense you don't need to overthink it you know if you are someone who has a very specific goal like simon that's that's great and you can kind of tailor your training um to work towards that but you know also you can be uh your goal could simply be to complete uh to complete a training plan um or to um you could be very specific on a individual training metric i.e raise your ftp by 20 watts over the course of winter so I think, you know, when we spoke about this before, Simon, you said you're someone who absolutely kind of needs a goal to work towards to kind of have that kind of underlying motivation.
1: Yeah, I've, I find it really difficult to to do the hard training unless I've got a specific goal. Now, I do, you know, like most people, I like to be fit enough to ride with my friends and preferably be slightly fitter than them. Um so you know that's that's generally enough motivation to kind of get me out of bed and and do something but to really do the hard stuff I, i i need to have something more specific now of course you know that's that's that could be entirely personal so if you're motivated to just do the hard stuff day in day out without a goal obviously that's absolutely fine but for me like just having a a a kind of more specific goal whether it and obviously for me it's it's as you say it's kind of time trialing and and being able to do uh you know slightly better my time on my local course that just gives me something to kind of narrow my focus down from a kind of you know because when you when you kind of look at the availability of of choices for workouts it's kind of what should what should i do like and and if your goal is to just to get generally fitter then it you can it doesn't really matter you can and you know an extra bike ride is better than not doing the extra bike ride in that sense. And you can just kind of mix it up and work on your general fitness. As you said, you know, if if your goal is just to get fitter and complete a training plan, that's absolutely fine too. But for me, I like having something a little bit more specific. So if you're not a racer, that maybe doesn't apply. But, um, you know, if, if you're training for a, you know, a a big sporty, like the Fred Whitton or something that, that can give you something specific to train to as well.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, again, to go back to uh, to training apps, the fact that uh, most apps, or if not all of them, have um, ready-to-go uh, training plans for you to sign up to, you know, that, that is a that is a great feature in terms of, um, you know, I think you, you firstly need to broadly decide on what your particular goal is if that is something that motivates you. But then in terms of putting that into action, you can choose a training plan that's either specifically designed for that um you know there will be training plans out there designed for example um to crack a century ride if that's your goal for next year um so you know that that definitely is a is a key feature of of uh the indoor cycling apps that are around there that many are devised around specific training goals but i think also um if perhaps you're wanting to uh Think broader than following a training plan. You can also just set yourself a challenge, um, just like you would out on the road um, using something like Strava or a training diary or, or however you want to do it. So, whether that's um, completing a certain amount of kilometers or virtual miles through a week or a month, um, the Festive 500, the RAFA Festive 500 that runs over the festive period um, is open now to riders who want to complete those miles um, indoors um, but also you know a, a great uh, event or challenge that I, I di- that I did at the start of this year was the Tour de Zwift um, which you know I suppose the easiest way to describe it is um, a virtual stage race um, uh, whereby um, for stage one you would have I think like three or four days to complete it and then it would be stage two and it would be held over different courses within Zwift you know from a pan flat kind of criterium course through to the Innsbruck climb Uh, and I found that really motivating at the start of the year when uh, I was finishing work it was dark the the weather was bad outside we were were in lockdown so it was very difficult to get out full stop Um, but to have variety um, within within my kind of training schedule and ultimately the goal was to complete the Tour de Zwift Um, so I think whatever approach you take whether it's signing up for a training plan built around your goal or setting yourself a different challenge Uh, ultimately kind of having a goal just gives you that motivation to to jump on the turbo um, when sometimes you perhaps might not be feeling like it so uh, let's move on to the next point and that's around kind of the the kind of social aspect of indoor training um, which you know in the past has potentially been something that is quite uh, isolated Um, there hasn't really been an option to ride with other people um, to the extent that you know, for for some people, um, the only way to ride with people when you're on a turbo trainer is to physically get together. And I know that you know some cycling clubs, certainly here in the UK, in the past have have held um, kind of um, turbo nights where people kind of take the turbo down to the kind of clubhouse or the kind of local village hall uh, and jump on the turbo with kind of ten or twenty other people. Um, and that, you know, that that still is great. You know, it's still great to get together and, and kind of have that session and probably have your coach kind of shouting at you in real life. However, um, you know, many of the apps out there now do have functionality for virtual group rides, um, which I think is you know, particularly good if you, um, if you can't get out of the house, if you have other commitments or if you don't live close to your clubmates or friends. Um, for example, I think back to... Uh, to last year when we were back in lockdown we held a number of bike radar team rides kind of early in the morning before work and you know that was great you know for me that was a real motivator to get up at a time when i perhaps didn't want to get up um do a group ride and um simon you organized that we we also kind of had a i think it was a slack call wasn't it just to kind of have a chat at the same time and I, i personally found that really motivating at what was quite a difficult time anyway with lockdown um but, you know, can you talk us through some of the, the kind of features that are out there in terms of being able to kind of host virtual group rides?
1: Yeah. So for Zwift, there is a there's an in-game function where you can actively set up a group ride and you can choose the course, choose the time, choose the type of ride you have. So what's quite nice about uh, Zwift's group ride functionality is that you can set it so it's a kind of free ride so that, you know, people can kind of race if they want to. Or you can set the group to remain tethered together which makes it easier for, you know, if you've got people who are, you know, not as fit or as as some of your faster people, you can all ride together without the kind of the slowest person having to work really hard. And so that that's quite a nice feature. Um, as you say, we had to use uh, Slack for kind of group call, which I think is makes it more makes it more social. Because Swift doesn't have a kind of in inbuilt feature for that. But, you, you know, another popular one that I know a lot of people use is Discord. I think that's free. And again, it just enables you to kind of set up a, a video or a voice call that you can kind of overlay on top of uh, the group ride. And and then, you know, like in a real group ride, you can just chat rubbish, which is, you know, like 90% of the fun of a group ride is just chatting rubbish. And, and obviously, so yeah, it can be a group ride, like just a free ride, we you, you know, you just turn up and sociably ride for half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour. But you could also do a group workout where you set like, a specific interval based based workout now if you're if you're using one of the other platforms like wahoo system or trainer road as long as everyone has an account you, you know you can all just kind of like start the same interval training session at, at the same time and agree to meet on like i said a discord call or a you know a, a video call with your group or if you've only got one friend obviously you can just facetime them or uh you know messenger video or whatever and so Like you said, it's just, it just like riding with someone in the real, in the real world, it gives you that kind of sociable aspect just to kind of chat rubbish, to make the kind of minutes, minutes go a bit more enjoyably and having that accountability of, you know, I've said, I'm going to meet these people at this point, at this time on this and on this platform rather than, you know, at this place, just, it helps get you out of bed. Like, I don't think yeah, you know, I've only ever missed a group ride if I've had like a real, genuine excuse, such as you know being ill or you know I, I've punctured on the way to it. I don't, I don't think I've ever pulled out of a group ride from being from being lazy just because I'd be sort of you know mortified at letting other people down. So, uh, for, for someone like me who who really enjoys the so- social aspect of cycling, I think it's it's a really good idea. And um, yeah, like obviously the Sunday club run with your you know local cycling club is great and i don't think this sort of like replaces that outdoor thing but it's like as you said earlier it's more about kind of doing these extra social rides at a time you know when it's like 7 p.m and dark on a on a weekday evening you're not going to go out and do a group ride well most people are not going to go out and do a group ride at that time but you could do that indoors
0: Mm. yeah absolutely and and yeah uh, just like joining a club for that kind of weekend club run, you know that that point you made around kind of, um, you know, not letting people down or you know kind of being motivated by the fact that you're you're kind of meeting up with a group. I think for a lot of people that's really important. So it can definitely be applied to to indoor training and the the fact that it's a lot easier now through through training training apps is is great. Um, you know the next the next point we wanted to discuss actually is is almost the opposite to that. If you are um, training on on your own. Um, and don't have kind of people to ride with, or don't want to do a group workout. Um, listening to music for me um, is a really kind of still a really important way to stay motivated through a specific session. You know, it's not necessarily a motivator to kind of get on the turbo in the first place, but uh, you know, if you're kind of completing a really hard session, kind of having that you know kind of high tempo music or kind of beat to work towards. Um, when perhaps your mind is starting to tell you that this is really hard and there's perhaps better things to be doing, um, is really important for me. I think, you know, on the flip side, you know, if it's if it's a kind of longer ride, you know, listening to a podcast, again, is a really nice way just to kind of distract yourself from what is still a, a kind of fairly monotonous activity in terms of the legs are always turning over. So, I mean, is that something that you do as well, Simon? Do you kind of listen to music or podcasts or are you just kind of head down and, and focus in on uh, after Zwift?
1: No, I'm I'm absolutely absolutely the same as you. Like I, I think podcasts are, you know, especially the Bike Radar podcast, which has a very large back catalogue of uh, shows, is is great for those kind of easier rides. Where, e- you know, even if you're on, on a kind of immersive cycling app, like they are still, you know, a bit like riding outdoors. They can still be a, a little bit monotonous, and so it's like a, it's like a nice opportunity to to learn something new and you, cause you can still take that information in you know, generally, if you're, if you're, if you're doing a longer ride, it should be easy enough that you can still concentrate and take that in. So that, that's a nice way of listening to, listening to those podcasts. And, um, but yeah, for harder sessions, it, it has to be music for me because I, I find that if you can, if you can match the kind of tempo of the song to the kind of tempo of your, of your cadence you know, really, and obviously there are scientific studies to prove this, but music can really enhance your flow and, and you can just draw that little bit out of yourself. Like I know there are, you know, if I really need to dig deep, there are certain songs that help me dig at that, that little bit deeper. Uh, So, you know, if I'm doing a kind of 20 minute interval at FTP, you know, I might have it in the back pocket for the, for the last five minutes of it or something. So um, yeah, hundred percent, like just like, you would do if you were kind of you know warming up for a race or something you might be playing kind of songs that motivate you songs that make you feel powerful that sort of thing that that, that's that's, that sort of stuff really helps you in getting those extra few percent out of your your hardest interval sessions
0: Mm, yeah I think there, there was a a training session that I remember doing on on Zwift last year I think it was um the Gorby I think which is It's a really hard. It's a really hard one. (laughs) I find that I'm not sure if I've ever
1: completed that.
0: Yeah, I think. um, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I did either. To be honest, it it was really tough. Um, And there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head that I've um, that I've done. That was that was equally hard. Um, And yeah, you know, I I wouldn't get anywhere um, as far along with those sessions as as I did without you know having some kind of music to work towards. So. Or work too so uh, yeah definitely definitely key i think if you're kind of embarking on some tough interval sessions um okay well the the final point that we are going to talk about today um is actually kind of in contrast to a lot of what we've kind of spoken about so far and and that you know i think in order to stay motivated i think ultimately don't take it too seriously um unless you are a world tour pro or just a hardcore athlete who who as an absolute kind of masochist and and loves kind of um, turning in your ins- yourself inside out kind of um, day in, day out, uh, you know, bike riding, as we said, is supposed to be fun. Training is supposed to be fun. Um, whether that's about kind of self-improvement or working towards a goal or being able to kind of use that indoor training to then um, drop your mates on on the club run at the weekend. Um, And I think, you know, I think that definitely is a key point to bear in mind, you know, if you miss a session if you miss um a week of training because work is tough or family life is tough i think ultimately it doesn't really matter does it
1: no and i think it's a really like you said it's a really important point to remember and i've certainly uh, been guilty of doing this in the past of taking it way too seriously and you know as someone who's involved in the cycling industry like taking things seriously and and looking at all of the nerdy details that is something i enjoy but it, it can reach a point where it takes over your life and i think you know like you said if you've signed up to a training plan like it's it's great if you can fully commit to it and complete every session but if you if you have to miss the occasional session because life gets in the way like you know you're as, as you say unless you're training for the olympics or the or to win the tour de france like it it you know it really doesn't matter and you shouldn't beat yourself up uh if you have to miss a, miss a session and likewise if you just you know if you're feeling like you're just you're getting too tired one of you know one of the the, the best pieces of advice i've had from from coaches is to kind of you know if you're not sure have a break rather than do too much and you know potentially make yourself so tired or demotivated that you catch a cold or you kind of fall out of love with it because missing one session having a little break and you know, bouncing back the next day is always going to be better than doing one session too many catching a cold off your child who's <laughs> who's you know it, it, like riddled with with bugs from going back to school or whatever or from your office co-workers who have children <laughs> and and then you know you miss two weeks because you've got a cold or you've just like you think you know you've done too much training and you just think like i just can't do this anymore like i'm i'm, I'm just sick of this so You'll end up in a far worse place, and like you said, it really is about having fun. So, if you're if you're training to the point where it's it's not fun anymore, then it's probably worth just sort of looking at the bigger picture, dialing it back a bit. As as we said right at the start of this podcast, like it's it is a long winter. You know, it, it's the seventeenth of November here. It, we're barely out of autumn. So, if you have goals at next summer, there's no need to be hundred percent on it all the time right now
0: mm. yeah and uh, you know i think as well when you when we are talking about you know motivation in this podcast and how to stay motivated i think you know keeping it fun and interesting and engaging for yourself is is the key there because ultimately if, if anything is not fun and you don't have to be doing it then you're less likely to do it um i think also kind of related you know something that we've we kind of discussed before is is that idea of um you know, not going down the rabbit hole of comparing yourself to every other rider that you follow on Zwift or Strava. Um, You know, we, we know this is something that can kind of creep into everyone's kind of daily life at the moment with kind of social media and, and so on. But, um, you know, ultimately I think just focus on doing what you want to do, you know, whatever session it is, whatever ride you want to do, um, whether that's kind of indoors indoors or outdoors. You know, I think that that's really key. I think, Um, You know, I'm someone who can definitely kind of beat myself up a bit if I perhaps felt, oh, yeah, I can't be bothered to ride today. And then you see that someone else has got out and then you think, oh, well, I I really should have. And as we said, you know, that kind of motivator around like group rides, I think is definitely really important. But ultimately, uh, as the old kind of cliche goes at the moment, you be you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think you're right, you know, with things, social media it being what it is, and especially it's, you know, it's in kind of in cycling now through things like Zwift and Strava and, and, and all of these other kind of social platforms. It's really easy to see what everyone else is doing. And and certainly if I go on the Zwift companion app or on Strava and see all the riding that some people are doing, it, it, you just think like how, like, I can't, you know, I can't, I don't understand how people have all this time to do all this riding, uh, or can, you know, have the kind of capacity to recover from it. But everyone, everyone is different. And what you do on an indoor cycling app is not the same as bike riding outside. You know, it's really important to remember that, you know, indoor training often boils down to a kind of watts per kilo contest, whereas real world bike riding is is very rich you know like it's about drafting it's about can you get your head down in the time trial position you know it's about course knowledge and all, so all of these other factors play in and so if you're just comparing your ftp to someone else or the hours that they're doing on the indoor trainer you're not getting a full picture of what that's going to translate to in the real world so Focus on your personal improvement. Try not to measure yourself against others. You know, it, it, it's so easy to fall into that trap, but it, it, it never re- it never really helps. You know, just because someone else is doing a 15-hour, a 20-hour week on the bike, it you know, it it's never meant that you need to do that to be successful as well. You know, what you need to do is just make small continual improvements and, and try and sustain that over the long term. It, trying yeah. to just go to trying to do a really big week, one week, if it's not sustainable, it won't be useful. So,
0: yeah. And, you know, also, also, you know, if you are someone who um, doesn't care at all for indoor training, then firstly, you've done very well to get to 50 (laughs) 50 minutes into this podcast. Um, uh, But, you know, equally, that's fine. You know, there's a very funny uh, column that we ran, I think, last year from uh, our former colleague, Colleague Matthew um, paying homage to the outdoor, the outdoor bike ride. You know, as as someone um, from Matthew's point of view, who just isn't interested in in in, uh, indoor training. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think let's just not lose focus of why we most of us ride bikes in the first place. Um, You know, I think indoor training and outdoor riding can complement each other brilliantly um, because you can be so focused indoors, and there are so many potential kind of training um, and kind of time saving benefits to to reap, but. If you want to go and ride your bike outdoors, then go and do it. I think that's the simplest thing to say.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, would agree with that, and and I think um, <laughs> yeah, like they're even even amongst cycling tech journalists. I'm the only person who at the moment is a really dedicated indoor training person. I'm sure that will ramp up as the weather gets worse, but like you don't, you know, just because it's kind of all the, it's a very fashionable thing to do right now. doesn't mean that you have to have to do it as well. So riding your bike outdoors is is still fine.
0: There you go. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's a good place to, to kind of wrap things up. And, you know, if you are someone who does do a lot of indoor training, um, it's great we hope you have a, a a strong winter wherever you are if you are coming in into winter yeah, you know, hopefully these tips have been useful just to recap um you know our kind of six top tips to stay motivated through winter when indoor training um you know one get your setup dialed it's really important to have equipment you can rely on to sign up for a training app um there are six that we covered uh most of which or you know if not all of them offer a free trial of sorts, so you can get to grips with the training app that will work for you and your kind of riding style and riding needs. Three, have a goal. Uh, you know we think it's really important to uh, be focused and have a goal to work towards when it comes to long- term ma- motivation. You can also use that goal to sign up to a training plan, which is great for consistency in your training. Uh, four, don't neglect the uh, the social element there are virtual group rides um virtual workouts you can uh, have a chat with a mate on the phone or on a video call whilst on the indoor training uh, on the indoor trainer um number five listen to musical musical podcasts if you're not talking to someone some of these indoor training sessions are really hard which is you know can be great in terms of the amount of work it requires to do but Um, from personal experience completing those sessions those really hard sessions with no music is almost impossible so um, get yourself fired fired up with uh, a a good playlist and six don't take it too seriously because if you're not having fun then ultimately you're not going to stick to what you're doing so definitely a key point to remember so as I say hopefully that's been useful Um, we'll wrap up there Simon thank you very much for joining me once again uh, on the podcast
1: yeah, it's a pleasure. And I, w- I will say one more thing. And just because this is a winter training one, and then we wrote it down in the notes, and I want to get it out there. You don't have to ride on Christmas Day, if you don't want to, even in my most serious years of uh, serious, serious training, the cu- the whole kind of like posting on social media about how many kilometers you've done on Christmas ride is a real humble brag. And I'm, I think it's fine to take Christmas Day off and just have a have a few drinks and eat some food. <laughs>
0: definitely enjoy your turkey enjoy your christmas pudding enjoy whatever you want to exactly. enjoy over the over the festive period um because there's always next year exactly and, and and of course we'll be back in january with um a podcast i'm sure on new year's resolutions and goals and everything that always comes at <laughs> well, that yeah, time if of you don't year, take so. any time
1: off there'll be nothing to improve so
0: <laughs> exactly exactly well uh, let's leave it there. Thank you very much for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this series, because we're, we are wrapping it up today, I recommend that you um, that you do so. Some great tips there in terms of getting the most out of indoor training. Um, but of course, we will be back with the regular Bike Radar podcast very soon. Um, so once again thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you next time thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast if you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling check out bikeradar.com